0: What if? And just hear me out here, okay? What if the offensive line's already set? What if they're already happy with who they have? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovačević of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and/or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates. Where you found this? Here's a clue. They really like Dan Moore Jr. at left tackle. You might not. There are times that I might not. There are times that I do. But they do. I was genuinely surprised by the acquisition of Isaac Salomalo to replace, in essence, Kevin Dotson at left guard. I didn't see that coming. Maybe I should have. But my guess here is that after a full season of watching all five guys across the line play every game, play almost every snap, in James Daniels' case, literally every snap, Chooks only missed one, Chooks or four. that Mike Tomlin, Pat Meyer, and the coaching staff in general came to the determination that a lot of what was going wrong on the left side had to do with Dotson. I can't make an argument for or against that. I am not an offensive line coach. (laughs) I, I gave up my offensive line career the first time I ever stepped on a scale. But we can know and trust that the people who do these studies, meaning the coaches, they're the ones that have all of the information. These are not things that Pro Football Focus or other outlets can produce because they don't know where the player is supposed to be. They don't always know who the player is that's supposed to be getting blocked or in which direction they're supposed to be getting blocked. So there are times we can look at a play and go, oh, man, so-and-so really blew that when, in fact, so-and-so wasn't even supposed to block the guy that got past him. So we just don't know. There is an element of you have to have faith that these people know what they're looking at and are doing so from an honest perspective impartial perspective, meaning doing what's best for the team. And for Dotson to get dumped, that's a pretty safe description of that situation. The way he did, that leads me to believe one of two things. One, Dotson was largely to blame for the things that went wrong on the left side. Or two... Moore was also to blame, and they just haven't gotten rid of him yet. But I've never, ever heard anything to that effect. They think this is a good football player. They think he's a terrific athlete. I know, me, I know that there's a tremendous head on this kid's shoulders. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, Rigor. Relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. So let's suppose that one of the things that you didn't like about Moore was he gets a lot of holding penalties, gets a lot of delay game penalties. There's a lot of stuff that's indefensible there's a lot of stuff that you can't blame on anybody else and he had that issue over the first whatever it was nine ten games he didn't have it anywhere near as much in the final few not coincidentally the Steelers began a run of what was their best offensive outputs and those were led by a rushing attack by Najee Harris by Jalen Warren by the line So not all film is created equal. Yeah, you want to take a look at the full body of work. You want to have a complete analysis. But when you're talking about a young player, and in this case, a young-ish line, certainly on the left side, that needed the full season to begin getting to know each other and how to compensate for each other, how to help each other, how to communicate with each other. Oh, my God, that's a term you hear from them constantly. Communicate, communicate, communicate then it's very fair, I think, to skew toward the later stuff, meaning later in the season. Why? Because they were all getting better. So why wouldn't you want to know what the optimal version is of that player? And if you look at more, and I'm going to use this term again, if you if you do it objectively, as the coaches, not you and me, as the coaches, and you say this guy looks like he could be part of our future, then... I don't know that you're going to see some big move. I don't know that you're going to see an offensive tackle drafted. I don't know that you're going to see an offensive tackle sign. And I have a feeling that when that doesn't occur, I was about to say when that does occur, when that doesn't occur, that a lot of people are going to be disappointed and wonder why it is that the Steelers would want to ride into another season with more protecting Kenny Pickett's blindside. We know, all of us, the value of the left tackle position. Heck, the Bengals have finally figured it out. Paying a zillion dollars for Orlando Brown to take care of Joe Burrow's blindside and causing Jonah Williams to demand a trade and everything. Williams is a pretty decent player himself. He's not Brown. But the Bengals said, heck with it. We're getting our guy, kind of like what the Steelers just did at left guard. So you're going to have people that are going to say, hey, this this isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't complete. I'm not going to be one of them. I'm not going to be one of them because I'm not in that film room. I'm not in there with those guys with that level of expertise. And I'm being specific here about the offensive line. You can look – at the PFF grades. A lot of football fans do. And you know what? Sometimes they're useful. Most of the time, I think they're just for fun because, again, they don't have the playbooks. They don't know where the players are supposed to go and what the player is supposed to do. They can only make educated guesses at that. And even the most educated guess is still a guess. Funny thing, though, for what it's worth, you know who grades out pretty well according to PFF? J1Q comes from Jacob, who says, why doesn't anyone, DK, ever bring up the improvements that Matt Canada brought? Sheesh, I mean, we have a new GM, new quarterback, still almost made it to the playoffs. I'm sorry, but I'm excited to see what he brings this season. Ooh, deep breath here. Okay, let's try this. I'm going to try... As I have mentioned to people before, once it became clear that Canada was not going to get fired, meaning once the team actually made it known that he wasn't going to get fired, this was back in January, I told everyone on this show and in written form on DK Pittsburgh Sports that I was just going to operate almost with a clean slate for Canada, almost. And by that, I mean, you don't just set aside some of the Lack of imagination, uh, the lack of rhythm, the lack of a lot of things in his play calling in 2022. You can maybe, if you're feeling generous, and it sure sounds like you are, Jacob, give him the benefit of the doubt of, well, he had a rookie quarterback, so he needed to do this. Or he had a an O-line that really struggled, especially on the left side, to repeat that. Uh, and especially in the first half that he needed to adjust this or that and they needed to become a running team, finally, they figured out how to run, and all of a sudden everything kind of looked okay. You can do that. you can do that i'm I'm gonna leave part of that book open because even if you get to the very first game, the regular season opener, and you see the exact same patterns. In effect, okay? Right there in front of you. And you say, wow, seriously, man? Seriously? You were given an unlikely second lease on life by the head coach, by the GM, by the owner, whoever it was ultimately that made that call? And this is what you came up with? Really? This? And you're still having... I don't know, George Pickens just running straight lines down the field as a decoy because you couldn't figure out anything else for him to do. You couldn't see if there's a way that maybe he could get you, I don't know, one of those Martavis Bryant quick slants, take the ball, and then just explode through the middle of the field. Really? You couldn't come up with one of those? I am going to hold 2022 against him in that context. But I'll say this, too, Jacob, and I think this goes more to your point than anything. We saw times over the 2022 season, especially in the second half, when Canada was under duress. And I don't just mean on the outside. In fact, I don't have to refer to the outside at all because I know what kind of duress he was under on the inside from the players themselves. So when we saw things that looked like they were adjustments, I don't mean adjustments to the opponent, I mean adjustments to, you know, the thing wasn't working. And when we saw creativity, and I know most of that with Canada tends to be, you know, a whole lot of sweeps and left, right, and all that, uh, what did Steve Smith call it? Uh, Saturday, Saturday offense. (laughs) Sorry, that's too funny to not repeat. We also saw other things in play, especially down by the goal line. You want a positive, Jacob? Once the Steelers got within the other team's 5 or 10, even the 10-yard line, they were a pretty good bet to punch it in. And they often did it using some very unusual Uh, formations, a lot of those inside handoffs, getting it to the tight end, getting it to Pickens. Remember that play where Pickens was supposed to go all the way wide and instead he just looked to his left and saw end zone and goes, "Eh, I'll just go in there. They were also really good on the sneak. and You can give all the credit to Kenny for that. You can give credit to Mason Cole and the other interior linemen, but somebody's got to scheme that up. Somebody's got to make sure that it's Got all the buttons pushed in the right way. So, hey, look, if he comes out and kills it, if the offense, I should say, comes out and kills it, and it looks like the coordinator would have had something to do with that, I'm not going to sit here and hold on to a stance. I know there are uh, listeners and uh, on the print side, readers who resent it whenever I change a stance. To me, holding on to a stance that uh, related to a subject matter that itself changes is stubborn and stupid that's what dumb people do you just hang on to it just to hang on to it I'm not going to do that if Canada has a better season I'm going to say great good for him there's no vendetta there's no nothing I've never had a bad experience with a guy or anything like that just think he had a terrible year perfectly reasonable position to hold right i appreciate the question jacob i appreciate everyone listening to daily shot of Steelers, and we're going to do another one of these tomorrow you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel